I'm in the good spot. I'm in the good spot. <laughs> Perfect. So. Yeah. So I want to say thank you, everybody, for uh, coming and watching our Session Zero on a Wednesday night. We're here with some pretty amazing people. This has been, I think, a month and two months in the making, uh, maybe more than that. I can't even remember days anymore. They're, it's like lost. This whole month and a half has been lost. But we're here. We made it. Session Zero. It's going to be great. Before we get into that, we got a couple things we got to deal with. A uh, little business to deal with off the top. So we are sponsored by Skull Splitter Dice. So if you are interested in getting some metal dice, use that promo, that link. Ty is showing off his cleric set. I can't remember what that one is off the top of my head. But it's, yeah, the cleric, uh, it's the their dice rolling tray. It's yeah. super awesome. It's amazing. Um, good metal dice, good dice all around. Uh, if you want to get 10% off your first order, use the link in the Twitch down below and use the promo code FEATHERFALL. Uh, we're also sponsored by Found Familiar Coffee. So if you are in need of some good coffee during these quarantine times, uh, they are doing sample packs. So if you can't, you're not really sure which ones you want to pick, uh, they do nice little uh, variation if you want. Um, so be sure to use the link foundfamiliar.com slash featherfall and use the promo code featherfall for 10% off we also have a new sponsor uh which i need to get your press kit ty uh, oh press kit yeah so sure. we get a pretty way. image on the screen um but dm emporium so dm emporium is ran and owned by ty ty i'll let you give a little pitch if you want Hi, I'm Ty with the DM Emporium, uh, where it's your place for pretty much anything you, you could ever want to use at a, a tabletop. Uh, we've got dice, we've got steins, we've got t-shirts, tunics, dice towers, miniatures, the little flock, you know, the stuff you make, the, the, the grass on the miniatures. You know, so when everybody asks knows what, if you know what the flock you're talking about, you can. Uh, so uh, if you use the uh, discount code FEATHERFALL, uh, when you go to the DMEmporium.com, you get 5% off and 5% goes to building this channel right here. So uh, you definitely want to go check it out. Uh, it's going to be a kick-ass time and hopefully uh, we can help build the channel, build more games like these. These guys have been great. Like uh, They're one of the first people who reached out to me when I started uh, building the DM Emporium, done lots of one-offs, did their Dead and Thay campaign, and they managed to find all of the best like role players and amazing people. So this channel, uh, you're going to love it if you don't already. And if you are kind of feeling the quarantine, they have one-offs to keep you you know, from going insane. Uh, it helped me a lot during this time. And so, you know, get some dice. Get in a one-off, have a wonderful time, and check out Demon Emporium. Heck yeah. Um, thanks for the kind words, Ty. I appreciate it. Uh, we also don't talk about Denthe anymore. It's over. It's done. We will never revisit it. <laughs> it's dead. Um, it's dead. Yes. Very dead. Oh, gross. But Ty is absolutely right. We do one-shots. Uh, season 2 just ended. Uh, we'll be rolling out a bunch of new content for people to sign up for. We're almost thinking maybe do some not D&D stuff for the one-shots. So we'll do, if anybody played in my Force and Destiny game, it will be exactly like that. Uh, very hand-holdy, very beginner, so you learn a new system, you get a branch out from D&D. Uh, if you have suggestions, or if you're a content creator that wants to, maybe you have a small indie tabletop RPG, and you want to play it, let us know and we can get it on the channel. We did Guns of Santa Tarina, uh, which with the actual writer, uh, PG Harrington from Frontier Gaming, and it was amazing. Um, we also did some Impulse Drive, the gods we know were doing that, um, which if you haven't heard yet, the gods we know, they're no longer on the Featherfall tabletop. They have started their own channel, Friends Who Roll Dice. Yep. I think that's it. I can never remember yeah. it. Yep. 
FWRD, so it spells forward? Yep. And so they have the Mind of the Martyr. They have the Gods We Know. Uh, ties in the Mind of the Martyr. Um, good content. Yeah. Go check them out. Make sure you give them a follow. Uh, tell them Featherfall sent you. And then into business. So what we're going to do today, today is a session zero. There's going to be no D&D play tonight. Uh, we're just going to kind of learn about our characters. We're going to introduce ourselves, who we are, and, uh, you know, maybe give a little spiel if you want to about yourself. If not, that's fine. But on your screen, we're going to start in the bottom right corner, and that is Belle. Uh, Belle, if you want to introduce yourself, who you are, who you're playing, maybe a quick background, however you want to, however much or however little you want the audience to know. Sure, okay. Hi, I'm Belle. I uh, use she, her pronouns. I've been playing D&D, you know, almost entirely online for the whole time I've roleplayed, so I'm... But I have only started streaming, doing like streams like last year. Uh, right now I'm involved in a long-running campaign on the Fable Lane Twitch channel every other Sunday. I was just telling everyone I play a giant rat, her name is Rubbish, and she loves people and is a bard but it's uh i'm i'm very excited to be playing here uh this will be my first longer um campaign on another channel nice so. we are definitely happy to have you i'll also say i have yet to ever play a dungeons and dragons game in person with anybody i've only played online all right we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go across uh chris Oh, man, I thought you were going the other way, and I'd be last. Me that's too. Right. <laughs> ah, that's okay. Uh, hey, I'm Chris. I uh, You can find me on the internet, uh, Two Socks, on on Twitch, or not Twitch, Twitter. And uh, in our Discord down below is Two Socks. Um, I am part of the Featherfall crew, I guess. I started playing, I mean, just a little <laughs> intro to me as a, as a TTRPGer. I started playing here on uh, Roll20 specifically. And quickly started a home game, so I have played in a home game with people face to face. And as much as I love playing with everybody online, there is something about a home game and seeing, sharing that table like physically with people. That's pretty great. Let's see, what do I have going on? I DM Curse of Strahd every other Sunday. This Sunday will be episode ten. Looking forward to it. I got some things in the work. Some uh, some Call of Cthulhu coming down the pipes here. Uh, super excited about that. Trying to learn that system. Um, so that's what I got going on right now. That might be there might be some one shots for Call of Cthulhu coming up, and we'll learn the system together. Nice. Um, so yeah, should be pretty fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and we're gonna go straight up to Lynn. Sure. Oh gosh, let's see. I I feel really old right about now. Actually, um, I've been a gamer for about 13 years, and uh, I, most of my gaming has been done around a physical table. It's been about the past year and a half that I've been doing it online, which is fantastic because I've had the opportunity to play with so many more people than I did before. But yeah, I I started with D&D when it was 3.5. So fifth edition is really interesting and that's what I write now. Uh, not exclusively, but I do write a lot of fifth edition. So I'm a gear who about a year ago decided to take the plunge and become a writer of rpgs and editor and streamer oh, cool. and all of that is is there so, a place they can find some of the stuff you've written uh, well let's see most notably uncaged anthology volume one has the first adventure that i ever wrote um so if you know uncaged anthology you may have seen a story of mine um i'm also an editor for all of the other volumes of Uncaged. So if you haven't picked it up, go to, you know, DM's Guild and find it and 
fun fact, right now they're doing a Play It Forward event, so anything you buy off of DMs Guild, all of the proceeds go to the creators. DMs Guild doesn't take their usual cut, so yeah. love love your you know writers and other creators, and this is a great time to do it. Um, I have a thing coming out, I don't know when, on Drive Through RPG. I'll talk about that more when I have the clearance to do that. <laughs> Um, but I'm really excited about it because there's like spooky stuff and queer stuff and I'm just really happy about that story coming out. So, um, but yeah, I just, I've been doing this a long time and I've met a lot of wonderful people out the last year and a half and I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're, we're super happy to have you. Um, all right, we're going to move right over to Travis. Travis. Hi, I'm Travis. Um, so I'm going to be playing Lysander Frew. Um, I am... I've only played D&D as part of this group, never with anybody else. Well, the Featherfall group, not the specific everybody here. Um, and I've been playing kind of since the inception of it and going back, is it now two, almost two years? Right around there? Uh, um, yeah, about there, I think. Not, that's about, that's all there is to me, really. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a simpleton. How about Disney enthusiast? I am quite the Disney enthusiast and uh, technology enthusiast, too. And clearly a man of many yarns. <laughs> that is my wife's, not mine. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. But it looks good. It, it, does. it does. It's very color-coordinated back there. I love it. All right, and we're going to move straight up to Ty. Hi, uh, Ty. Um, I've been doing, I've been playing D&D since about, uh, it was just right as 3.5 ended that we were starting in a campaign. Uh, so we started at 4th uh, edition where um, it was just a, a home game and nobody knew what the hell they were doing and all the math and craziness involved. Like, it just basically, we turned into that group who avoided combat at all costs because of 4th edition. Um, but when 5th edition came out, uh, I was... Curious to dive back in, like many got drawn in by the uh, critical role because uh, my friend's like, "Here, watch this." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "Oh, I love voice actors." I love, and then got hooked. Started my own home game, which has been going on for oh my god, it's gonna be two years in like two months. Nice. Um, and that's available on my Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/HitchhikerTheMind. You can find me on uh, Twitter at the same handle, uh, HitchhikerMind. And then uh, Demon Emporium. I'm the one who runs everything for it, so it's just me so far. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, so if you tweet it at, uh, at uh, Demon Porium, I'll be the one re replying and, and hanging out. By the way, uh, if you guys don't realize, like Uncaged is this obscenely cool thing that uh, she was talking about. Like I was <laughs> just looking it up. Like as she, you saw my jaw drop because it's okay. If if you look at it, it's okay. So uh, um, just just DM's Guild, real quick. You can get the hardcover of it for thirty seven dollars, and it's like a two hundred and forty page book. It's crazy oh, yeah. awesome. Just. Uh, so I, that's why if you saw my physical reaction when she's like, oh, yeah, just wrote in cage. That's it. I'm like, well, I didn't uh, awesome. just 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 one story in there and edited others. So the first Still. volume, the first the first volume has 25 or 26 adventures in it. Wow. And uh, volumes two and three are about the same. Volume four is a little bit different. It has fewer adventures, but it also has this compendium of uh, magic items and other fun things and one of our contributors created a special uncaged class that you can play and that's in volume four too that's so awesome. there's just there's just a whole bunch of content in there and we were really proud last year because volume one was nominated for an any for best electronic book so i mean we we had to work out the kinks on it but when the electronic book got smoothed out Oh, it's so nice. If you use everything digitally, it should be pretty good for most 
uh, most tablets, most most electronic uh, sources. But the physical books, oh, the art, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're amazing. The I love it. Ridiculous. So they are uh, amazing. That, that, so that, that's kind of me. Um, I can't wait to dive into this. I played with Featherfall a few times. And um, I think this is going to be like the one of my more in-depth characters. Really love the hero, hero chronicle on this one. So, uh, oh man, it's going to be weird not knowing so much. Like my character doesn't know all of the things. Like so much separation. <laughs> it's like playing an NPC to get started. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm with you. Um, and I guess I'm last. Uh, so my name is Bob. I I, I go by Billy Z everywhere else. Um, founder of Featherfall Tabletop. Uh, I've been playing D&D for about four years, I think. And it, again, I said it, it's been all online. Um, it's the easiest platform to find people. It started with some coworkers, and then it's branched into what we have here. Um, met some amazing people, had some amazing times. Uh, and, and it's going to be just a, another amazing campaign that we go through. My background, I, I've DM'd Tomb of, Tomb of Annihilation, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and we did some go- we did some homebrew content, um, but hopefully Wildmount will be a, a good mix of both module and homebrew. I mean, Wildmount setting is more just the setting; it doesn't give you the the actual whole thing to go through. But we'll sprinkle in a lot of critical role stuff. And I, I will preface this campaign with: it is not going to be direct critical role canon. We're going to screw a lot of stuff up. And I'm okay with it because it's our game. We're going to play it. We're going to have fun. And uh, if if somebody comes in here complaining about we screwed something up, I'm with you. I get it. I'm sorry that we did that, but it, we make mistakes. Um, but yeah, so that's me. Um, let's just let's jump right into it. So a couple things that I, I want to start with now that. It says right there. It says it right there. So, I forgot to introduce Chris's awesome quarantine beard. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's its own thing now. I I am jealous. I can't. His is. His is always. I haven't. I haven't touched it since I've been home. Yeah. Keep it going. Um, Me either. But before we get started, I, I will like to say. I, I appreciate everybody hanging out tonight. Um, I appreciate everybody uh, at the table here. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to have a lot of, you know, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster, um, but it'll be great. And, and I'm excited to share the table with you, and I'm honored to share the table with you. So, first question that I have for all of the players this is Wizards of the Coast, really new, first new world outside of, you know, Faerun and everything else that we know of. What are you guys most excited about? What are you What are you most excited about the setting of Wildmount that really made you want to join this? And just who, whoever first. I'm that guy who jumps in first. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so basically, one thing I'm super excited for is the the amount of background gears that are turning while the adventure is happening. There's so much that's set up to be happening while the story is happening that. Uh, I'm excited to see the unexpected consequences of doing or not doing things. Um, uh oh, he's back. There he is. Um, so, but uh, just that that whole background noise and like so that completeness to a world that has so many grounds and, and footings, I'm really excited about. And then um, having a, a pre-established world that hasn't been that is is not not destroyed, not beginning. It's kind of 
uh, one of the, the very few that it isn't going through some major crisis, but it has so many that could happen. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah, it, it, it is so hard trying to understand all of the lore in uh, Faerun. Then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, then you have the different editions where the spell plague happened here, but it didn't happen. Whatever. Um, oh, man. Sword Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sword Coast is awful. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first setting with Sword Coast, and then like finding others that made more sense. I was just like, "Thank you." God. <laughs> uh, anybody else? My background, my my training, my former profession. I'm an interfaith uh, scholar, academic. So like, I'm a religion nerd. My husband calls me a theo nerd. So like, I love, I I, I love some of the, just the meaty goodness about the gods and the lore. And um, just how present are they or aren't they? And what does it mean? Like, I, I'm playing a cleric. So what does that mean also to be in a part of the, this world where certain worship is not okay? Um, that's really interesting to me to play with, you know, ethics and morals and all of that good stuff because I really enjoy getting into that rich character stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's different from the other settings that I, I just look forward to playing in that sandbox. This is my first character that I actually gave a religious kind of background to. And I think it's kind of the same reasons you were just talking about was... I want to know more about it. Like you spend a lot of time dealing with the favorite gods and kind of figuring them out and the whole pantheon that there is, this was more kind of distilled down to a few. So it's easier to kind of grab onto. And I said, okay, now's the time that I'm going to have my character kind of have a religious background. So it, it is interesting that you brought that up, but that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, the second thing is it's nice to just get out of the sword coast. Like Daggerford's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, how many campaigns have I played in that started in Daggerford or visited Daggerford? And it's just, it's time to like move out and branch out and see some of the new things that are out there. And to be, because I'm relatively new to Dungeons and Dragons, so this is kind of like to have a setting come out in my play time, like it's kind of interesting, you know? So it's like, let's try to get it on the ground floor and, and see what we can do in there. And, you know, I'm a big Critical Role fan, so it's kind of fun to kind of play in the same sandbox as, you know, some of these awesome people on these voice actors that Ty alluded to earlier. You don't have veterans of D&D &D dunking on you for not knowing things. That's kind of nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bell or Travis, if either of you two want to... I've got very little. Um, I <laughs> Being so new to D&D, &D, it's nice to just try something new, so a new environment will be cool. I'm not sick of anything in the old environment because I haven't really experienced a whole lot of it. Um, so I, I'm excited just to try something new and just learn that much more about all of what has made D&D &D what it is. And Wild Mount is certainly a huge, huge component of that. Love it. Belle? What's What's kind of funny is I am... The opposite. Besides a few, uh, like, one-shots, I have never played outside of a homebrew setting. So this will be, like, my first published setting campaign. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's pretty different. Um, which means I'll have a lot more to learn from the ground up. But I have, I mean, I've watched Critical Role, uh, and, I, and I enjoy Critical Role. Uh, so that definitely brought me uh, to it. And then I've 
it yeah a lot of the interactions are neat and a lot of them are very different from like established canon or the book says like this about orcs or this about tieflings that you get out of the player's handbook and i i mean someone who's played in all homebrew stuff i usually throw that out the window anyway <laughs> so <laughs> that's true <laughs> my with my tiefling being very weird um but uh yeah it's um i'm kind of the opposite i don't know anything about Faerun or swords coast or those things <laughs> at all <laughs> and, and nobody nobody will ever fault you for it um it, it's a lot to learn uh, so, I mean, for me, I think it's going to be amazing that, you know, we get to play in something that, that one person really cultivated. Uh, you know, the, the mind of Matthew Mercer is really on display here. And obviously he's had help creating and editing and, and you know, writing the campaign. But it's his heart and soul into this. And, and I, I just love it. And, you know, obviously Critical Role is a pretty amazing show. It's the gold standard of D&D streams. Um <laughs> but yeah it, and we get to follow in their footsteps it's, it's great um so let's get into a little bit character stuff first um so what we could do uh introduce who your character is again as much or as little backstory as you want your fellow players to know and, and or the audience to know so um we're going to start opposite order this time and start with Ty. Ty, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and your character. All right. So, um, Ty, and I'm going to be playing a um, fire ganasi. His name is Brandt Heitstagger. Um, his family, uh, well, he was born inside of a city on fire. And that massive fire is what led to the uh, specific circumstances for him to become a ganasi. His parents, knowing the future of a ganasi in the Zemi Empire, decided to take him away in order to not have him conscripted and taken into the um, watchful eye of the Empire. Uh, they managed to get their way to the city of Broken Bank and managed to, uh, as they got there, looking for work and everything, his dad found the gladiatorial combats to become a Zalezo uh, were on display, and him being a, a relatively good fighter, uh, being an ex-guard for the Empire, managed to fight his way into the Zalezo, and as Branton was growing up, his father taught him strikes and moves and, and brought him up the same way that his father had been raised by his grandfather. He knows he comes from a lineage of town guards all the way back to at one time, supposedly, according to family history, a guard for the uh, imperial family. But who knows if it's true? But as he's, he himself, as he grew older, went through the gladiatorial combats and with the uh, uh, Clovis Conf Concord being uh, interested but not uh, officially government sanctioned toward Ganassi. He was free to pursue his own career as a Zalezo, but through seeing the upper crust take so much and those who did the work get so little, eventually his life as a Zalezo led him to become disillusioned with the, uh, con the construct of most governments. And so now he sees most with a distrustful eye and through seeing too many guards take too many bribes, he, uh, after one particularly lucrative uh, one giant client, he saved a ship from being taken over from smugglers through uh, some actions of his own, holding a gangplank against um, these people who are going to maraud in. He received a rather generous payout, one which he could retire from the Zalezo with, and has decided he is headed out into the Empire to find the answer to this problem that he's seen the world have. And that is Brandt Heitstagger. 
Love it. All right, Travis. Uh, I'm playing Lysander Fru. So uh, he's a human um, arcane trickster rogue. As an orphaned child, um, he grew up around the Phelan area. Um, but in his formative years during school, he could just never really make friends. Like he, he didn't like not get along. He wasn't like a bad kid necessarily, but he liked to play practical jokes. But he never really made friends. And you'd always hear about these other places. So he would, when he became a mid-teens, he started just, he just left. He didn't have any attachment to his home. He didn't care about his school. He just went the hell out. And that's kind of been his life since then. He's traveled from one place to the next, just learning about the area, or maybe there was some treasure to be found there, whether it actually existed or not. Um, he'd maybe join thieves' guilds or whatever, to do what he could to get by without causing himself much harm or becoming too, I don't want to say too like famous, but um, he didn't want to bring a lot of attention to himself. So he would leave if there was any sign of that happening because he just wanted to fly under the radar. Um, he would steal what he had to to make his life better. Food, drink, a little bit of coin here and there to get clothes, nothing extravagant. He wouldn't go on huge heists, but he's not opposed to that. Um, he's not really sure what he's looking for, but he knows he wants to leave a mark on this world. He wants to be remembered in some way, shape, or form because he's never had that. He didn't have his parents around to have that kind of impact or anything. So that's left his mark and driven him into this desire for fame. Nice. Love it. Thank you, Travis. Uh, we'll go across to Lynn. Lynn. Oh, goodness. Um, I am playing Emmethel Alamdir, who is a half-elf, and she is a Twilight Cleric of the Moonweaver. I am ridiculously excited to tinker around with UA content. You have no idea. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is so awesome. Twilight Cleric, how could I say no? Let um, me know how much you love it, because it looks so good. <laughs> it, oh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, uh, as a cleric of the Moonweaver, you know, she's a pretty free-spirited person. Um, that's added to by the fact that she has a little bit of an unconventional family. She has two dads and a mom. I had a little polyamory rep in there. Um, and one of her dads is her, you know, pallid elf father. Um, and all three of them in differing ways are entertainers, they are bards, and that's what drew them together. However, my character doesn't really have any of that talent. Um, <laughs> she appreciates it, but she doesn't have the skill. She didn't inherit that. But what she did was inherit this uh, curiosity and a desire to know more about her elvish heritage and know more about her dad and the pallid elves given that they've got this recent reemergence into this world and um knowing what's something of what's happened to them but not having as many pallid elves around as perhaps she would like um she had the encouragement of her family and she went to guardian and she studied and she learned and she tried to find other elves and she's really at this point just traveling and trying to figure out who she is and what it means to bring the ideals and the blessings of the Moonweaver 
in parts of the world that maybe need to be reminded not to go to extremes <laughs> so much. Um, and uh, it's a little bit dangerous to be a cleric of one of those not approved gods, but she's going to go where she needs to go. So, <laughs> um, so you know, she's got a sister and she's got her parents back home. They're in Phelan and, uh, you know, I hope we get to meet them at some point, but Right now, she's pretty far away from them, and seeing what happens. Love it. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be some drama for sure. Um. Oh yeah, you got to bring the drama. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go ahead and move down to Chris. And I will say, everybody, uh, there it was pointed out that there is a uh, issue with with the overlay. Bell is not playing Brant as well. There are not two Brants. <laughs> that will be Damn. fixed next episode. Uh, thank you for pointing that I out. I thought she was playing my Echo. It was going to be so cool. <laughs> that, was oh, like, so, <laughs> that was so clever. Yeah. That was a ready-made comedy right there, but uh, <laughs> change it now. Yeah. Is it, so now is I it have my to turn? play Abbott and Costello? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Chris. All you. All right. It's a lot like a DM running two PCs or NPCs at the same time talking to each other. Uh, it's awkward. <laughs> um, anyway. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm playing a human variant Chronergy wizard. Uh, my name is Quince Curio. Uh, he goes by Quinn. Um, a little bit about him. He was an only child. Um, grew up in Taldore, Iman specifically. Um, my father left at a very early age. And my mom always kept the, the reasons for him leaving surrounded in secrecy just was never open you could always tell that she was trying to cover for him but there was a moment of weakness kind of in my late teens where she did tell me what happened and uh that he was lured away by this mysterious figure brandishing the symbol of asmodeus the god of the nine hells uh kind of got he got pulled into their their religious their their sect of uh religious or, or uh cult-like behavior uh, however you want to call it but my mom always knew like being the only one kind of knew that she had to wear both hats right she had to be be the one um so she always did her best made uh education was always like prime it was you're gonna go to the alabaster lyceum you're gonna study and it was that was welcome for me it wasn't like it school it was that was kind of my escape you know you you hang around on on the playground or on the streets with other kids. You see them talking about their dads, and that was kind of you know tough for uh, Quinn. So the education was the escape, and he was able to bury his nose in the books, and and really he studied, and it eventually turned into studying everything he could about Asmodeus, and just trying to like figure out why, what they could offer my dad that the family couldn't give him, and why he would be pulled away like that. So that's really where he went, uh, just deep diving in his studies. There was a certain point where he felt a little confident and went out on a uh, an adventure on his own to try to like follow some clues about Asmodeus. Got into a little tiff with a quasit, I think is how, I think I said it right, a quasit, um, and actually lost an ear from that, um, and it really kind of humbled Quinn. Uh, he wasn't as cool as he thought he was with some spells, um, so he he's got some deformities there uh, that he's he's kind of working with. He is an older character. This is the first time I'm playing like somebody older than myself. 
Uh, he's he's 49 years old, so he's going to turn 50 in the campaign. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I, I thought it'd be kind of a cool little uh, milestone to, to hit with a character that I haven't done yet before. So he's he's kind of juggling this idea of, you know, this aged adventurer. I mean, 50's young, but moving out and, and kind of moving from Tal'Dorei and Amon to Wildmount, um, trying to follow these clues to find his father... He's kind of like <laughs> figuring out how he's going to do that. Um, so that w that's where Brant comes in. He actually um, hired Brant as a bodyguard for a while, and they've kind of gotten this friendship and have been traveling with each other for a while. And that's where we we're going to pick up in Trostenwald. Uh, we've been there, kind of um, off the trail for a little bit and kind of relaxing, I think. Um, but yeah, that's that's Quinn. <laughs> Love it. Your brand is like the, the Zenith <laughs> Festival, man. We got to see it. Yeah. Come on, man. While we're traveling. Um, <laughs> and, and last but not least, Belle. Not, play, not playing Brant, by the way. <laughs> I'm not playing Brant. Um, no, I'm playing Foylon Astralith, who is a tiefling born to Triton parents. So she's spent most of her life in deep, deep ocean uh, fighting horrors from the elemental plane of water and other chthonic entities as part of the just general triton culture of uh trying to protect the world from things they may have accidentally brought here from the elemental plane of water uh <laughs> she Oops. has been a warlock nearly since birth um because being a tiefling born to triton parents she did not actually get born with guilt um, or any sort of way to switch between uh, air and water breathing. Um, luckily, uh, she was saved by like present healers. Um, her parents approached um, various sea uh, deities and entities trying to find a kind of solution for her um, so that she could live down uh, in the water with them. Uh, most uh, said no or thought it was funny um, or there were like evil chthonic entities were like sure but you have to do x and y for us um which of course they weren't going to do as the whole culture was against that um but one did agree and um she has a few names uh tooth month uh tooth mother uh great hunger sea hunger um but generally appears as an enormous shark uh and she's basically just the primordial uh spirit of um, survival and hunting um, in the sea. Um, so she uh, granted uh, Foylon the ability to breathe and uh, live underwater and switch between the two. Um, so she could just basically join uh, the Tritons as a whole in their whole cultural war against um, the evil entities locked in the deepest parts of the ocean. Um, eventually, uh, as she grew in her power, she decided that she did not want to just stay down in the ocean to do this, but she actually wanted to go on land, knowing that their influence could spread, um, not just through direct contact, but with, you know, sailors or dreams. Uh, so anyone kind of touched by these, uh ostensibly evil interplanar creatures uh, she wants to hunt down <laughs> and bring <laughs> justice to. Um, so despite her being kind of young, um, 
I didn't look up Triton ages, so like in human senses, kind of just coming into young adulthood. Uh, she has been fighting nearly her whole life. She's been a warlock hours after her birth. Um, and so she's very focused on this and doesn't understand the uh, world above. She's good at cooperation, but she's very serious. <laughs> so it's uh, she's uh, just basically looking for um, chthonically tainted people to bring to justice and prevent them from spreading such taint further. I'm being made of fire. I'm sure we'll get along great. <laughs> It'll be great. Love it. Um, so yeah, that that's our characters. Um, everybody will be starting at level five. Um, I do believe uh, I will send out after this, the starting gold. I do believe everybody's been given an option on a magic weapon. I can't remember if we talked about that already. It was one um, common magical item. Yes, that was it. Thank you. Um, right, I've been looking at this thing all day. I'm so, I've been so excited. <laughs> I, I, am, I am so jacked ready for this. Um, so a little bit into my DM style. Um, I, I love to border 70% role play, 30% combat. Um, there's always a way out of combat in my games. You do not have to fight everything, but you know you will fight if you do certain steps, right? Weevil um, just needs to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be a milestone uh, level ups, so we're not going to be tracking XP. Don't worry about any of that. Um, <laughs> I do not track spell components unless it is like at a high cost. Um, Simple spell components. I, I just trust that you're smart enough that your character would be smart enough to, to, to grab them. Same with arrows. Same with torches. Stuff like that. Uh, those simple items that you should have, like rations. I just assume that you guys have them because, you know, it, it's a torch. I am a torch. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, do we want to do a couple? I mean, I, I know we're at we're pushing our forty five minute mark. Do you want to do a couple character questions real quick? I I would. Sure. I would. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll we'll start it off the uh, the easiest one, easiest one, and we'll go um, we'll go reverse order. So starting with Bell, what haunts you today? Easy. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask what her favorite color was, but right. <laughs> what yeah. um, oh my god, favorite color. <laughs> I, I, she's kind of young to have anything like hanging over her shoulder, um, or haunting her. Uh, I feel like what may haunt her will lie ahead of her because her, her like perception and her code and her idea of how the world works is one very different from the surface, and two very rigid. That there's a lot of places ahead of her. To create those moments but she's come from a place where she has done you know everything she's supposed to she just you know fought and survived and uh, done all that uh so i i feel like she hasn't yet had the experience to haunt her if she'd stayed in the ocean i don't know if she'd come across a situation where she like hit that moral gray because it is so much about survival, but now she's up on the surface where things are very complicated. So I feel like <laughs> that is yet to come for Foylon, nice. and I'm interested to see it happen. Love it, love it. Um, Chris, what haunts 
Quinn. Man, so Quinn being an older gentleman, like he's kind of lived a lot, so you, you kind of pick up more things that bother you. And he's got two things that really kind of haunt him and kind of like would keep him up at night. Uh, one of those is obviously Asmodeus, um, and trying to f and and being so learned on him knows the inner workings and knows that it is haunting itself in the way that they act and go about their their kind of recruitment and their their just their being. Uh, so <laughs> there's that, like just knowing all of those things exist in the world. But two, there's this idea that keeps him up that his father left because of him. Um, being so young, not really knowing, like, you know, just he had so many, so much time to think about it and never really found the reason why. And he, he always goes back to, you know, placing the blame on himself. And he's still trying to, like, figure that out. And that's really is what is driving his mission here. Um, and he, he can't help but he can't keep that out of his head. And I think that's kind of, I think Asmodeus he can figure out. So, like, more of this uh, idea of his, the reasons his dad would leave are kind of what haunts him the most, I think. Love it. Love it. Um, Lynn? You know, my my lovely little cleric, she's on the surface a pretty happy person. I think the one thing that haunts her is knowing that her father and, you know, such a small other number of Paladelves survived what happened to them so long ago. You know, why are the Paladelves the Paladelves? I I think that just, you know, when you think about it, the the cell of what happened, um, that that is deep in her heart. And so even though she's equal parts human and elf, she's got a certain sense of responsibility to the elf part of her heritage because of that um it resonates with her it makes sense but it's also a sense of um continuing on you know because so many others didn't yeah absolutely um, you know and just trying to learn more and um understand that better but she tries very hard not to show that that's you know uh, affecting her you know she'd rather just go out and make the world a better place and make friends and you know all that great stuff but it's it's there it's it's part of her consciousness travis so lysander has we'll say two things um one is the obvious one of the question of what happened with his parents why didn't they want him or whatever the story might be there he doesn't know he wants to know and it's always in his mind um the second thing is his inability to really get close to people he hasn't made any really close friends um closest friend he has is somebody named vaughn um and that's that's it he he's always wondering what what it is that's keeping him from getting close to people so those are just those are the big ones okay uh ty and the real brand so uh, I think Rant's uh, main concern is that he, for so long, propped up something that was corrupt, and he did not know exactly what it was he was doing, but he was so proud to be part of this mechanism, this entire structure, 
And he was the one on the ground, making sure that the things happened to maintain this inequality while the upper crust took so much. And he took so much away from those who were beneath them that now he finds it's, it haunts him how much that those in charge will do anything they can to stay in charge. And so Brent is always very keenly aware of power and how it works. And it disturbs him and keeps him up on how these things have happened and how these people have gotten where they are. Nice. Love it. All right, so now for the hard one. This is going to be the hard one. What is your favorite color? This is a hard one. So you guys you guys spoiled it. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and we'll start. We'll go in the same order, and we'll start with Belle. Okay. Um, <laughs> was this on the list? Because I didn't see it. Um, uh, yeah, no. second from the bottom. Oh, so it's it a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what my favorite color is half the time. Um, color is uh, a newer experience for her because in the in the darkness of the ocean, dark vision is mainly what you use, and it's uh, <laughs> and there's not a lot of color. Um, so even though she is a she is very colorful, so I think. Uh, probably, um, the combination that she goes with just based off of, like, her, her lionfish stripes and that kind of thing. She really likes, uh, the yellow, uh, and orange and coral, coral kind of colors. Love it. Love it. Um, Chris, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, his favorite color is blue. Um, and I was thinking, like, blue has these weird depths to it. Um, maybe this is just because I just finished painting our kitchen cabinets blue, and <laughs> I, I just put this two and two together. Like I didn't you really finish it. It's been a Yeah, while. so today I finished, and there's there's weird like levels to it, and it's more than surface level. And I think that's how Quinn kind of operates. Like he can read the page of a book, but then there's something that is off the page that you have to kind of bring to it. And I think. He, he looks at the blue color kind of the same way. There's something deeper in there than just what's on the surface. And that's what drives in making it his favorite color and fascinating to him. There's information below that initial color of blue. Um, and he just doesn't really feel the same about other colors. Like, they, they're they kind of bland to him. And so, blue. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Lynn. Well, my character might be aesthetically pleasing then because she's got a faint blue cast uh, to her. Um, very, very pale blue. Um, so even though she likes blue, wearing it feels a little bit too Imagine much. Matthew. Yeah, yeah. She's got this really pale blue-gray uh, hair. And uh, it's like, yeah, that might be too much. But she really loves like the lighter purples. Um, it's a color that she sees in some sunsets and it's a color that's soft and you know a little bit mystical and just welcoming and it just feels good to her so that would be her favorite love it um travis purple um it's a color he doesn't get to see very often he's used to more muted brown grayish type tones so when he sees purple or even blues it just pops to him nice ty 
Uh, if, if you ask Brian directly, he will say that his favorite color is going to be purple because it feels good to play wear a royal color and kind of show that off to the people uh, who think that they're the only ones who can afford such a color. His actual favorite color is uh, an aquamarine of the shallow pools of the sea where everything is safe and everyone can enjoy themselves. And it is one of the key signs of a beautiful day and is one of the main memories of his childhood where he spent many happy days. But purple, of course it's purple. Love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, so last question before we get into the prologue and, and kind of call the Session Zero a wrap. Um, and, well, do your, your guys' question. Sorry, I should have said that. Last question. And we're going to go in reverse order this time. Who is your enemy? Sarutai. My first enemy was Farid the Fat Cat, Farseer. He was the one who is in control of everything and always complaining that he is not taken more seriously. He's not happy with his station. He is not there for the people who he is in charge of. He's only looking towards the future and how much more power he can have, even though the influence he has over the entire city of Broken Bank is something that he could use to increase the lives and, and livelihood of all there. We are a main port. We are the, the first stop between the other continent in, in this one in Wildmount, but uh, of course he is only focused on how throwing petty fits in public about who he is not uh, even more respected. My other enemy is those who use power on those who have no power. They know they called all of the cards and call every hand. They are my enemy. <laughs> also, I'm not taking notes, I promise. <laughs> Please, by all means, take <laughs> uh, Travis. If you asked him, if you asked Lysander, he wouldn't know. Um, he doesn't staying around long enough to really build up any enemies. But the real answer is himself. Oh, is his own worst <laughs> enemy um, because he just can't. Again, going back to the same issues he's had with getting close to people, it just keeps him from growing uh, to some degree. Um, his, his and then, this must be interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't catch all that. <laughs> so the Spotify playlist has got to be great. Like <laughs> it, it definitely is. Um, but there's a mystery to to Vaughn too a little bit. So he might we might be able to say that Vaughn would be thrown in there a little bit too. Travis, it makes me so sad. <laughs> I I don't want a repeat of Jacks where you hate your crossbow. Okay. <laughs> He's not going to hate his crossbow. He thinks he's pretty handy with his own weapons. All right. That's fair. He's uh, confident. <laughs> sorry, that's an inside joke. Uh, Travis played a character in our Waterdeep game, and I think out of the 200 shots he shot with his crossbow, he maybe hit 10 times at most. I, that's being generous, to be honest. I'm not, but he did get the he did get the final kill on some big big stuff. So yeah. it it made this character though because he was never really a fighter, <laughs> so it worked out so well that the roles didn't play well. But it was pure accident. So perfect. Um, <laughs> all right, we'll go to Lynn. I don't think I don't think she would know a specific individual. That's her enemy, but ideologically. You know, being aligned with the Moonweaver, she would say, first of all, anybody without love in their heart, um, you know, is somebody that she would be cautious around. Um, she wants to see people be good to each other. And those who just are good 
to their fellows she's going to struggle with, and she's probably going to rub them the wrong way, um, which is fine with her. Um, <laughs> she She's also not real keen on people who go to either extreme because she knows that that's dangerous. So, um, yeah, yeah, like zealotry um, is probably going to be an issue for the people that she deals with um, because they're not going to like her. <laughs> um, and I, just a little bit more lightheartedly, anybody who's just too uptight, they're not going to like her either. Because um, she just would rather make friends than enemies, and she takes things seriously, but not. Oh, I love um, it so much. Yeah, so it'd be like, you know, I'm. she may not directly play tricks on you, but she'll probably get you <laughs> She'll try to get you to lighten up a little. <laughs> I love it. Um, Chris. Yeah, he's got a, a few um, of varying degrees. The most egregious would be Asmodeus and any of the followers uh, for all the above reasons that I stated earlier. But um, there's a couple there that are kind of out there. One is Father Time. You know, he is... <laughs> On that downward side of life, so he's got some creaking bones, some making backs that he's got to, you know, he's got to wake up to. Um, the other one would be his ex-wife, um, Ann Page Whitmore, um, was really the only strong connection he had with somebody else outside of his mom. Um, and so she, they didn't really leave on the best of terms, um, so she wouldn't mind seeing his head on a pike somewhere. Um <laughs> And yeah, he he really doesn't have an idea where she's at, but uh, who knows what can happen? It's D and D. So I Love think it. my character is going to deem you a sweet cinnamon bun who just needs all the care. <laughs> like oh, I love it. Um, and last but not least, again, Belle, the two ends get it. You know, either get it right at the start or you're waiting all the way to the end. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so yeah. Wylon has a lot of enemies who may not yet know that they are her enemy. <laughs> uh, so anyone who's dealt with evil Chthonic entities, anyone who's dealt with evil Eldritch entities or evil entities in particular, anyone spreading evil uh, messages, and she has very hard life. You mentioned zealotry. This is going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> and <I'm> also <laughs> part of her... Um, patron is to be a hunter and to be an adapter so she's sure she's gonna find plenty of new prey slash enemies on the surface everything's friendly maybe, maybe some friends but uh <laughs> probably more like comrades in the fight against evil <laughs> of which there are many evils i love it so that's the last question um i open it up do you have any questions for me in regards to this campaign Tyler, how are you, you gonna get us all to work together <laughs> <laughs> that's the hardest part um can we, can we do a quick round of things other people brought up but i went first so i would like to add to my notes. <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> Uh, so uh, I just want to throw people were talking about faith, um, uh, Brent, because uh, Avandra, the Changebringer, is such a big deal in the Clovis Concord, and there's a, a you know like a yearly festival and everything like that. Uh, he he carries a pendant of Avandra, but he still hasn't decided on on whether or not he's for it. But he loves the idea of something that can bring change 
uh, because everything staying the same so far has benefited absolutely no one in his eyes. <laughs> um, other than that, uh, he does have... Oh man, I rolled for these because of the Hero Chronicles of craziness. Uh, he has <laughs> six... Uh, or, or I guess no, six kids total. So five brothers and sisters. It's uh, four sisters and one brother. Uh, he is the oldest, and uh, so they've all only known the life of the Cor- Clovis, Cron- Clovis Concord. And then uh, let's see, was he? Oh, um, did anybody roll for their uh, their like rivals or anything? Okay, so um, Brent's rival is an archmage because I'm just <laughs> super good at rolling. Um, but I think what happened was uh, during his. Uh, his test to become a Zalezo. Uh, they had one that was specifically for um, magicians and everything like that. And he arrived late, so he could only enter in that one. And so he got uh, just a, a tiny, like, through uh, there was like a, a magister there who allowed him to use his weapon as a focus, like a magical focus. So he just beat the crap out of every wizard there with his glaive <laughs> while they were trying to cast things. So one of them is trying to hunt him down for disgracing them in public by, like, this is duel yes this is my magical focus <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where his rival comes from and oh, uh nice uh that's i think everything i, I forgot about him <laughs> forgot so far. love it that's so great. any uh, any questions so and I, I, I don't know if you can answer this question but is there a common kind of goal we're going for here? Like in Waterdeep, there we were trying to steal something. Are we fighting some kind of big bad at a very general level? Um, Can you give us anything like that? If so not, ho- it's fine. Hopefully, the prologue will answer some of that. But okay. the the, uh, the the other answer, no. Um, this will be as open ended as we want, and it'll kind of it'll adapt and evolve as we all play within the world and we all just as things happen so um before i get into the prologue there are major events that have happened in critical role that play a part in this um but it's not the main focus the main focus is going to be our campaign whatever we want to do so there are moving pieces in the background but what wherever we want to go i mean i'm sure there will be a big bad at some point (laughs) okay thank you um is he gonna be bad yeah, Brant's Archmage. <laughs> Dude, I, I rolled that and I just kind of stared at it after I rolled it. I was like, Mother <laughs> So that does remind oh. me, uh, Ty, thank you. I, I need to bring this up. Um, we just had new emotes and sub badges commissioned. And so the sub badge, the loyalty badge, I guess is what they call it, is the 12th month. So if you look in the chat, if you... Um, each month, so the first one is a goblin, second one is an owlbear, third one is a drider. They correspond with the amount of months and the CR level in the book. The next one is 12, and it's an archmage. So we just had that done, and it's so funny you talk about that. Um, Perfect. Time. <laughs> so, so all of our, our longest subscribers will be my enemy. Yes. <laughs> And, and I will say, um, we're going to do a couple things. We have channel points. It, it is a new feature on Twitch if you're not aware of it. There's a little circle in the bottom corner of your chat screen. If you earn enough channel points, I think it's 10,000, you can name an NPC. If you also are a subscriber to the Twitch channel, you get to name an NPC as well. If it's a, like, if, if it's a really, really crazy name, we're going to have a conversation about it. <laughs> but it can't be... You can't be and 
in peace space. You know, like that's not going to work out at all. <laughs> yes, perfect. Thank you, Ty. And if you subscribe, you get double rewards points. Merger, and so you get not only a PC, but also well on your way to another PC, which I have two built up. Which absolutely. I'm just <laughs> yeah, you have a lot. You've and you've used a lot too. Do, but, yes. but also, fun things are you can add. You can give it advantage to somebody you can give inspiration to somebody you can add a d4 to somebody um all the channel points are there to interact with the ch with the stream so be sure to use them help somebody out in a tight spot uh it's going to be fun it, it will be interactive as best as possible but i will also say we're not going to break immersion from the game so if it's obnoxious we probably will just stop it for a second and re you know pause so <laughs> all right well, let's go ahead and get into the prologue um, so <laughs> the story starts, the year is 835 PD and the small skirmishes that have been the norm for the past century or two were contained to the Ashkeeper peaks in the last month or so. There have been more sightings of Kryn, of Kryn deeper in the empire. Mysterious magic experiments have been seen within the Cerberus assembly by Lady Vest de Ragna. Increasing accounts of long since forgotten monstrosities have been popping up ar around the countryside and with the local militia being drafted into the increasing conflict at the border, towns are left defenseless. But these are just rumors. The Empire says that everything is okay, and if all, if all of this were happening, we're safe. The Empire's here to protect us. The story does start at the town of Trostenwald. With the Zenus Festival drawing near, Starosta Langer is growing increasingly concerned with some of the stories that are happening around the town. She's put out a notice for assistance to help keep everyone safe during this joyous time. And that's where you guys come in. So that's that's where we'll start. I'll go ahead and I'll post that into our uh, Discord chat as well. That way we can, uh, you know, you can play off it as you want. Um, how we all come together will be interesting. I'm hoping that it, it becomes a little bit easier, but I'll give I'll give the exact starting place of the campaign. So... Are there any other questions before we call it a night? Nope. Ready roll, man. <laughs> can I we love start it. now? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, are you ready? We can I, go into it. Yeah, like another hour. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I'm just saying, but in real life, I'm only a year younger than our oldest character here. <laughs> so, you know, I, I felt the thing about the achy back, you know. <laughs> That's not fair. I'm not even. I'm. I'm like 33, and I'm still. I was like, man, I got all of those down already. That's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of thing. The the fantasy of being a fighter, somebody who's physically fit. Right. <laughs> yeah, but um, I I am so excited. I cannot wait until next Wednesday. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, I do want to say thank you, everybody in the chat, for hanging out with us. Um. You know, if you want to hang out more, we do have a Discord. Go ahead and use the link below. That's where we'll be posting our community one-shots if you want to play it on our Twitch channel. Uh, we do have a lot of people that are looking for groups, um, and that is a function in there. So if you're looking for a group you want people to hang out with, doesn't need to be streamed, you just want to do it offline, whatever it may be, there is that function in there. Um, be sure to come hang out. We talk about a lot of stuff, and we just we have fun. So... <laughs> um, also, you can follow us on Twitter at Featherfall Tabletop, um, and then I tagged everybody in in the in the announcement today. So follow their Twitters as well. This is going to be an amazing cast of people. And with that, we'll call it a stream. 
Thank you so much. We'll be back here Wednesday at 8.30 Central for session one, where the, the party gets started, I suppose we can say. <laughs> so, all right. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.